You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. This episode is part of our series on Chicken and Biscuits, a new play by Douglas Lyons. In this series, we uncover the process behind the play through our central question. How has this play fed your soul? We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Twee McCallum, and I'm the sound designer for Chicken and Biscuits. Woo! And you're the first woman of color as a sound designer on Broadway. Yes. Round of applause for that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. First woman of color and overall woman number nine, which I think is so sad that we can still count on our fingers. I know. <laughs> I know. We we had a version of this conversation with Jess Paz when we had her on the podcast over the summer um, when we talked about her winning the Tony and all that. And it is it is crazy that we're still counting on two hands. We just wanted to begin by if you can talk about at what point did you join the Chicken and Biscuits 
team. And what did those conversations look like on your end, logistically, artistically, you know, when you first get asked to do a project? Yeah, so Chicken and Biscuits had a life off Broadway before the pandemic, and I am not the original sound designer. I'm very good friends and colleagues with the original sound designer, and he is very happy that um, that I took his place. Um, I got a phone call from our director at like nine o'clock at night in the beginning of May. And he was like, hey, I think one of my shows is going to Broadway and I need you to make yourself available. And honestly, at that time, I knew I wasn't fully available. I knew I was going to have a conflict. Um, so I I opened my first musical at the same time that Chicken and Biscuits started tech. Um, so that's something I had to mentally prepare myself for in May. Um, so from between May and late July, it was really myself, the scenic designer, and the lighting designer having a lot of conceptual conversations on Zoom with Jalen. We didn't know what the show was supposed to look like, feel like, sound like. And honestly, I think the scenic designer figured out a lot of the work ahead of time, but everyone else really figured it out in tech. But that's okay because the show still turned out great. <laughs> I got a chance to see it in the first weekend of previews and we're going back this weekend right before you guys open. It was phenomenal. I'm so excited and I'm so excited for Mary to see it finally. Yes. Is there like a partial like roof to the scenic design or is there like a fixture that's hanging from above? Yeah, it's not a roof. I don't even know what, it looks like a horse. It looks like a horseshoe, and it's kind of like it's as if you have like a, an edge on the stage, but instead it's on the ceiling. It's hanging it's from the fly. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So does that bounce any? Like, does that affect the sound in any way? Because I know I've heard other other sound designers talk about how like anything that's like blocking, you know, where the lights would hang, that that can like bounce the sound in weird ways. Well, every structure affects the sound. A lot of the speakers are hidden within that round structure. And we mm -hmm. have a few microphones hidden within that structure as well. Um, so I think having that there has helped Team Sound mask some of our equipment, which was really helpful. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Really quickly before we get into actually your process and pre-production and actually rehearsals, I'm sorry, uh, tech and sh performances, I saw on your website that you're represented by A3 Artist Agency. And everybody always hears about how th the process of actors, you know, negotiating contracts. But what does that process look like from a sound designer's perspective? In general, me having an agent is very helpful because... As a woman in sound and as a Black woman in sound, I've walked into theaters where I do not get the basic things that any other sound designer would receive. And having an agent make sure that those things are written into my contract has made my job a lot easier. For example, quiet time 
is a standard thing for sound designers. And prior to me having an agent write out my contracts, I have gone into theaters where during my quiet time, the production manager, the scenic team, the lighting team would be in there just talking through my quiet time. And the production manager or the director of production would not ask people to leave the theater to respect my time. And now when I go into theaters, at any slight inconvenience of my quiet time, people know that they have to get out or we're starting my four hours all over again. So that's really why I have an agent. <laughs> so what is quiet time for anyone who's not familiar? Quiet time, it's only for team sound. So the sound designer, the A1, if it's a musical, the A2 might be there. Um, and the sound supervisor of the theater or of the production. Um, you do things such as ring out the speakers, refocus the speakers if you need to. You ring out the microphones. And then usually what's last is um, listening through all the sound cues. Because one of the worst things is during the first day of tech, you play a sound cue for the first time and it's like blasting everyone. So that's like the overall gist of how quiet time is used. Well, that's fascinating. I did not know that you could focus sound. I mean, it makes sense, but I, you always hear like focusing oh, in yeah. terms of lighting. Oh, yeah. There's a difference between a speaker being pointed directly at the audience versus tilted down 30 degrees versus a speaker pointed straight down to the stage, which is something I do a lot. I like my speakers down for some reason. So, yeah. This actually leads me into our next question. So, like, when you... When you found out that you were working on the show, did you know that it was going to be at Circle in the Square? Because I can only imagine that it's one of the most unique theaters on Broadway to work in, in terms of space. And especially you guys are utilizing it in the thrust. And I'm sure that that, what are the challenges that might come up in your design process? Prior to this, I've never been to Circle in the Square. Um, I think the only Broadway theater I've seen a show in was um, Manhattan Theater Club, which is just a normal um, proscenium stage. And even with my regional and off-Broadway work, I think I've only designed for a proscenium stage. So going into a thrust stage um, was quite scary. The hardest thing about us doing this on a thrust stage is None of the actors are in body mics per our director's request, which was a struggle for my associate designer and I. Um, we were very worried about will people be able to hear the actors. So with it being a thrust stage, we have mics um, aligned along the edge of the stage. There's about maybe 15 mics, I think. And then within the structure that hangs above the stage, we have six mics as well as about 10 more mics hidden between the lights. So I think that's one of the benefits of doing a thrust stage is that you can hide microphones if you need to, because you can't really do that with the proscenium in the same way. I don't know. I liked as an audience member, maybe because I was so close though. I love, especially in plays, not having the actors mic'd because I think there's something about the natural voice and hearing the natural voice in the space that isn't like, hasn't gone through like a mechanical, you know, device and is entering me through, you know what I mean? Molecularly. Yes. It sounds really hippie, I, right? No, I, I understand that. 
However, the caveat that I think most sound designers would fight for is if you have a really good mixer, it wouldn't sound like they have body mics on. But convincing a director who wants that natural sound to put body mics on the actors is a really hard fight to win. So, yeah. Were there any um, challenges or any kind of surprises that you learned of while designing for a, a space that's, you know, very immersive? Challenges or surprises? Um, yes. One thing that if we had more time to plan, in hindsight, one thing I would change about the system design is how many subs we have. Um, I think in general, sound designers love subs. They're like really huge speakers that give us a lot of bass, like shaking in our sound cues and music. And in as big of a theater as Circle in the Square is, it would have been great to have four or more, which is a lot of subs because they're huge and they take up a lot of space, but we only have two. And because of that, I think certain moments of the show suffer through my perspective, but the audience doesn't really know it. So that's like one of the things I wish I could do over. So there's a lot of sound effects and other cues throughout the play. Can you speak to, because we read one of Douglas's drafts of Chicken and Biscuits before starting this, working on this series, and there weren't really many sound effects written in the script. He didn't seem to write those things in. So how do you, can you speak to choosing those appropriate sounds and how did you use them to build into the script? Oh, that's such a great question because when I was doing my design concept over the summer, I went into this thinking this was going to be a very simple show in terms of sound. And I think we all assumed that, even the director. But as soon as rehearsal started, we all learned that comedies depend on sound kind of more than it depends on any other design element. Even if you watch like a television show comedy, there's so many corny sounds in most of them that really helps drive the jokes home. That makes a lot of sense having seen the play already. And I I thought of them as like accented sounds or transitional sounds. Yes. Yeah. So we had a lot of that. And a lot of the sound cues were randomly thought of during tech. I don't want to speak about specific ones because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might listen to this. Music also played a big part in this. I would say in my QLab file, about 30% of my cues are music and the other 70% are sound effects. And to give a scope of how many cues there probably are in the show, there are 50 music cues. I'm trying to remember. I took one sound class in undergrad the sound design class in undergrad. And I feel like there was a database that we were able to pull effects from. And I don't know if that was just because we were students or if that's actually a real life database that you're able to pull from. Like, how do you, how do you get, get the inspiration for effects, especially if they're not written into the script to get an idea of like, what should this sound like? Oh yeah. Pulling from effects libraries is common and it's very helpful. The key as a sound designer is to not, just pull a sound effect from a website and then put it into the show. It's it's better to kind of like change the effect a little bit, whether that's putting some reverb on it or changing the pitch of like 
a doorbell cue just to make yourself feel like, you know, you're actually designing the sound effect and not doing um, a copy and paste. But Jalen, our director, was so helpful to me during tech because he knew exactly what he wanted. And sometimes that can be a bad thing because directors kind of strip the designer of choosing what they want the show to be. But Jalen would turn to me and say, in this moment, I want this specific sound to happen. And here's why I want it to happen. And I would be able to go into my sound effects library or into my hard drive and pull up something and we'll listen to it and we'll keep going. And then later on during the day, during the break, I could go back and work on it some more. To speak to that in the same vein, there's so much music in the show, the pre-show music that's, you know, when the house is open and then, you know, for bows, how was that music selected? Was that between you and Jalen or was it a lot of you or anything from like everybody pooling together and coming to like their favorite songs? For someone who has not seen it yet. And obviously, like I follow Douglas and the show on Instagram, but everyone has been talking about that pre-show music. Listen, oh my gosh, I'm so glad this question was asked. Okay, <laughs> a few months ago, Douglas sent me a pre-show playlist. Okay, sure, whatever. Okay, let me give this caveat. I'm the type of sound designer that does not like pre-show music. Um. I am a graduate of Yale. I did their one-year sound program, and one of my professors taught us to not allow directors to feel like a pre-show playlist is like the only type of pre-show experience. There's many other things you can do with pre-show. So Douglas and I had that conversation, and he said, no, I want music. And I was like, okay, sure. So he sent me a list of songs. So then I took it upon myself to add more music that I wanted to hear. And let me say that the music that everyone jams to during the pre-show experience is the songs that I chose, which I'm very proud of. And it's so moving to have watched previews the past few days and to see people clapping during pre-show and to see people like stand up. Mary, I know you haven't seen it, but um, pre-show is all gospel music with the aesthetic that it's coming from a radio on the stage. So we did create some like radio announcements between some of the songs and to see people clap and people like get up and run up the stairs praising the Lord during pre-show and to see people of like all different age groups and races as well has been so inspiring. I feel like I've done my job of getting people excited about the play instead of like dozing off as soon as the lights go down and the actress comes out on the stage. It totally adds to the experience. And for someone that doesn't listen to that music on a regular basis, I, I found myself clapping like you can't see me, everybody that's listening to this in podcast form, but like swaying and stuff like that. It was cool. Awesome. Thank you. The Just like how people talk about like dressing the lobby or like, you know, how certain theaters will like, you know, make an experience from the minute you step foot in. But it's usually a very visual experience or it could be, you know, something that you're you know feeling. What I know Harry Potter does like you could pick up like flags and stuff from the different houses, but I think people could forget very easily just how like 
an audio experience from walking in from the lobby is is just as important and does so many more things to get you right into like the tone of the show too. So, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. This episode is part one of a two-part episode with today's guest. Check back next week for part two. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.